Ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Okay, so I don't actually know. But I do know that 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot. And for good reason. HubSpot's all-on-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you could save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Good morning, everyone. It's Tuesday, September 12th. I'm Ben Berkeley here with Sarah Friedman, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about Soho House. Perhaps you're one of the private club's 176,000 members. Perhaps you're one of the 95,000 people on the waiting list to join up. Or perhaps you've got something better to do with the excess thousand of dollars you've got sitting around. No matter which camp you fall into today, if the people behind the club have anything to say about it, you won't be able to go into any major city on this planet without finding at least one Soho House location. We'll tell you more about the change expansion plans in a minute. But first, let's get to a few other things making headlines in the world of business and tech. Instacart set a price range for its IPO that values the grocery company at up to $7.7 billion, which is a very far cry from the $39 billion valuation the company saw at its height in 2021. Instacart is expected to start trading next week. J.M. Smucker is buying Hostess Brands for $5.6 billion. Smucker prevailed over General Mills to snatch up the Twinkies snack maker. That company has survived two bankruptcies and comes with about $900 million in debt. However, Hostess also comes with a lifetime supply of ding-dongs, so I'd say it's worth it. Sony Japan launched a foster care program for its aging ERS-1000 Ibo robot dogs. Owners who cancel their plans can now donate their pups to medical facilities and nursing homes as emotional support pets. One thing that surprised me in this, if you're a foster parent for these robot dogs, you still have to pay to keep them online. You make a good point. But you know, when you foster or adopt a real dog, you still have to feed them and buy toys and kibble. So I think we're just honoring their needs, rehoming <laughs> them, if you will. You're right. <laughs> it's not about money at this point. This is about doing the right thing. Yes. Disney and Charter struck a deal to end their ongoing dispute and their cable blackout. The truce was reached on Monday afternoon, just in time to allow millions of Charter cable customers to tune into ESPN's Monday Night Football Returning to the news this week is a 2019 podcast interview in which an executive hails his coffee cup test that he uses in hiring. What this is, is the boss says he offered applicants a drink from the kitchen, but refused to hire anyone who didn't offer to take the cup into the kitchen, presumably to wash it. The clip resurfaced, reigniting debate on the internet about this mind game and just how wrong it is. Sarah, where do you land on this? I'm assuming probably pretty close to where you land and where most people would land, I think, which is definitely a workplace red flag. I think this is a pretty good indication that you could be walking into a pretty toxic work environment. And I know personally, in an interview, I am so nervous that I just black out. That is fair. I understand on a core level what he's going for and that, you know, you are always trying to find ways to get insight into these intangibles that you just can't in a basic interview. However, this isn't the way. 
just psychologically torment people in other more normal ways. That's really where I land on this. Mm -hmm. Let's finish with one more quick news item before our top story. Obviously, Gatorade is already the foremost expert in the quenching arts, and now they're going to make their first foray into water early next year. They're going to launch an electrolyte-infused drink called Gatorade Water, which is pretty much exactly what it sounds like it might be. PepsiCo, which owns the Gatorade brand and also owns Life Water and Aquafina, is hoping that the strength of that brand really wins them a larger share of that $25 billion water category, which is not really a bad bet. TBD. For now, let's move on to our main story. We're going to talk more about the Soho House, a chain of exclusive members-only clubs scattered around the globe, currently with 40 locations, but they're adding more. Today, it has 13 locations just in North America. Seven of those are in either LA or New York City, but they are about to branch out with another two nearing completion in Miami and Portland, Oregon. And then the chain is really hoping to get that number up to 20 over the next two years. As Sarah wrote the other day, it's looking to bring exclusivity to the masses, which is a really interesting idea. Sarah, can you start us off by telling us how Soho House got started and what its general appeal is? Yeah. So when Soho House began, it was 1995 and it was just a little gathering spot for local creatives that was tucked above a London restaurant that the founder also owned. Today, it has become a much bigger deal. It has also become, I think, something to brag about, which is part of the appeal. Soho House is very expensive. For example, in New York, if you want the all-access membership, you're paying just under $5,000 a year. Along with access to the houses, you're getting all of the amenities. So really beautiful gyms, spas, pools, restaurants, all that type of stuff. These are networking spaces. But I would say that it's really a status symbol and it's something people want to mention, name drop on first dates, tell their friends about. So I really think that's part of what's causing the spread and making people willing to spend so much money. I've actually been a guest in one Soho House location one time. I believe the location I was in, just under 3000 a year to be a member there. But also I'm someone who is trying to buy the cheapest possible water, as we've established. So <laughs> probably not their target audience. What really surprised me in all of this is now this is a publicly traded company and they've been going on just up and up and up since their IPO. And I guess I was also surprised how many tendrils they have to their business at this point. Yeah, it's really interesting. They have also started a furniture brand called Soho Home. They have randomly, or so it feels random to me, a line of Italian restaurants. They have other lines of luxury hotels. They have an additional members club called The Ned. And possibly most random of all, they have a skincare brand called Soho Skin that they put in all of their facilities, but you can also just purchase it online. I mean, the thing is, it's working. Their shares are up more than 50% since the beginning of the year. And now they're talking about growth. And it seems like they're really pursuing a pretty aggressive growth plan here. Yeah. In North America alone, they're aiming for 20 houses by 2025. And North America has been accounting for 40% of all revenue. So that is where they're kind of doubling down. 
And I think that we'll keep seeing this expansion. They have what's called cities without houses, which is cities that they kind of have their eye on and there will be membership events and ways to network, but they don't have a physical house yet. And it's kind of understood that the cities without houses list will be the roadmap for moving forward where Soho House will likely put down brick and mortar locations. Who's on that list at this point? There's Boston, there's Atlanta, there's Nashville, and they decide the size of the house based on the amount of members they think they can get. So Nashville could bring in 5,000 to 8,000 members and would get a large property, whereas something like Charleston would be a much smaller house. But the list is quite long and still growing. So I think we will see quite a few Soho houses in the future. Well, I'm glad for the opportunity to not join more of them myself, but it seems to be something that really works for a lot of people. And I think generally speaking, private clubs just seem to be having a moment. Is there anything that we should be looking for beyond Soho House in terms of this private club expansion? Yeah, I think that it's becoming more popular. I would guess, especially after the pandemic, where more of us are working from home, I think having in-person gathering spots to do everything from networking to socializing to just having a space to go to the gym and sit on your laptop, I think that it will become more and more popular, especially these luxury spaces with this edge of mystique and exclusivity. There's something pretty ironic about that being more common, but I think that's exactly what's happening. That's actually a really good note as we talked recently a lot about WeWork and its endless cycle of collapse where these clubs are really setting up as great remote offices. And that alone probably has put a dent in the business of some of these co-working spaces, but also really makes this a much stronger investment for the average professional Exactly. Well, that's actually going to do it from this exclusive club of our own homes where we record this podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Hustle Daily Show today. We are a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. We will see you tomorrow. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.